We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, December 12th, and we'll be taking a look today at the big uh, NHL slate on DraftKings. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Let's go. Yeah, we got we got Danes. Oh, Moneyball 16. Hey, the, coming out of his cabin in the middle of nowhere to join us on uh, on the YouTube chat. Uh, everyone in there, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Since we're talking about hockey, we bring in Tim. Tasteful Tides, Tim Buell. Big hockey slate. There's an abominable snowman contest today they've been doing satellites for. Tim, it's 888. Yep. It's almost full. Yep. You want to take part. That The, 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 the NHL contest are going to sell out today. And uh, oh, Tim, yeah. I, had to, I made sure last night to redeem all seven tickets that I've earned in satellites. For it. So it's a, it's a big it's a big slate. It's the it's going to be the biggest NHL slate for me as far as equity is concerned. And uh, yeah. and we'll take a look at it. Let me let me first say if you want to get all the updates, all the news, all the information. Obviously, the projections you get a, a, a Roto Grinders Premium subscription. Definitely get our projections here. Uh, but the the Discord is free. So if you go to RotoGrinders.com/slash/discord, join our NHL channel. You will never need Twitter or anything, any type of news updates ever again if you're just in that channel. You want to know the morning skate stuff. You want to know the line rushes. You want to know the goalie changes. You want to know, you know, this guy mispracticed. This guy's, you know, what the coach said or something like that. Tim and Taylor and Dane, they're they're all in there. They're posting stuff all the time. You can just scroll up and you get all the information you could possibly need. But Tim, I said before the show, 10-game slate, right? I love the larger slates. Yep. Pretty obvious spots, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see some pretty condensed ownership on a couple teams tonight. Um, some some uh, kind of like one of the popular teams, Winnipeg, uh, going up against uh, San Jose could have some uh, injury news, which could be. Okay. So, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Hold on. You have to okay. keep me okay. surprised. What's. What's the what's the injury news? Because I mean, we we see here, obviously, any time that uh, a team is facing the Sharks, uh, yep. they're going to project really well. They're playing, uh, well, they're playing on the road. They're playing at San Jose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we take a look at the, the the prices. It's pretty outside of Connor. They're pretty affordable. I know uh, yep. Ellers has now been playing on the first line. Uh, we we Velarde is now on the power play one and on the second line. Mm-hmm. From a price consideration, I mean, Winnipeg looks good, but what, what's what's the injury news that we're we're looking out for? Uh, Kyle Kyle Connor might not play tonight, which would be huge news. Um, so I would assume uh, Nikolai Ehlers would go to PP one, and he would stand out as a humongously uh, you know awesome value play. If that, I mean, he's, a, he's an awesome value play currently. 
Yeah, I know, I know, but I've assumed that he would. I would assume he'd go to PP one. Um, so yeah, like he, you know, so Kyle Connor is like the biggest injury news that I would assume. And and this but, is that this is the ten thirty game. Yeah. Are we yeah. gonna get this? Are we gonna get this news at at skate around? At I mean, I mean, it's the type of thing where like if let's say Connor doesn't play. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned Ehlers probably gets bumped up to PP one, but who who moves up to even strength? To play, what? To play wing with on the first line. I mean, like, I mean, all these guys. I mean, truthfully, like all these guys start getting a little bit more valuable because I mean, even their second line is worth playing. And even guys like like Niederator or whatever his name is. That like, might be that might be the guy who goes up to line one. I'm not a hundred percent sure who would go up to even strength one. But I mean, this would really catapult Ehlers into like you know totally you know like cash game, small field entry. He'd be become very, very popular, even in large fields. Um, uh, your, your question about if we're going to know this information, there are no guarantees in hockey, you know, like hockey news can be very, very vague. Um, so like, did they, say, did they play yesterday or did they not? Um, I can't, I think they, typically I think from they, what I've gathered, obviously I'm a noob when it comes to hockey. I was my impression through the discord that, if they played the night before, they may not have like a like a, a skate around or something, and you may not know. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't play they didn't play yesterday. Um. So. Um. But yeah, like even even if he misses like morning morning rushes that or morning skate, that doesn't mean that he's not playing. Like that might like make us lean to him being more questionable, but um, that's no it's no guarantee. And then usually like the coach will have a press conference like, I don't know, three or four hours before the game. And then sometimes maybe the coach will say if somebody's in or out, but again, no guarantee. So, you know, hockey news is, is more, it's, it's a lot more vague and, and harder to come by. So. Um, Dane in the chat says late in the game after Connor got hurt, Ellers, Ehlers was PP one yep. and it was mostly I follow. That was playing follow, even okay. strength with line one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's that's really that's some really really important news that we potentially may not get until twenty minutes before that game starts when when line rushes uh, begin. So um, that's something that I wanted to just talk to people about like before we start talking about anything else because that's uh, that's some pretty important news and it's the last game of the night. And it's a very important game. It's the last game. And also there's no other games. So like we have these games locking at 10 Eastern, like Edmonton, Edmonton, who should be popular, right? So you have Edmonton yep. game, the Seattle game, the Vancouver game that the, there's a lot of late games today. I mean, it's a lot of backloaded games, but the Winnipeg yep. San Jose game is 1030. So if like if this news comes out at 1010, like you you if you didn't ha already have this game in your lineup i mean you can't do anything about it right and right cuz i'm thinking i'm thinking the opposite end of the spectrum tim based on th this dynamic of the the winnipeg game being the latest and virtually unswappable to any other games do you think the ownership on Con on connor himself isn't going to be as high or do you think that because, like, if you play, for instance, if you have Connor in your lineup, like, you're leaving salary on the table. There's no one in this game that's, like, $8,100. I mean, you're, like, you're, right. like, my, 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 this is, this is, thinking in terms of the 888, right? 652 entry contest. So, it's not the smallest field, but it's not a large field contest. Right. I, I feel as if I want to have at least two Winnipeg pieces in every lineup. Like I like mm -hmm. if I play like Connor, I want to have Connor and a cheap defense. Like I want to do something like Connor Pionk, because then if he's out, I could switch that up and then take like Morrissey. I could pay up a defend. Like like I'm getting a much better defender on that swap, or do something like even if you're if even if you're playing like like Hurdle, like play a San Jose guy or something, play Zetterland in the lineup. And then you could always switch to like Ehlers and someone like you could, I mean, you may already have Ehlers in your life. You're going up to, to Sheffield at center. You had hurdle up there and you played like, I'm, I feel like that 
if we don't, if so... we're unsure of this information, I'd ra- I'd love to have swaps available rather than just have one guy in the line. Because like, if I already have Ehlers in my lineup and he's out, like I'm probably just going to play Ehlers anyway. Like if he's in, I'm probably going to play Ehlers anyway, no matter what. But like these other guys, like if I have Velarde in my lineup, I mean, I, I where am I going? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. where I'm going. Like it seems like like Sheffield the more expensive players. I'd rather have a second player to swap out, so I'm not just leaving 3K of value on the table. So you could go. So Shifley is 6400. Morrissey is 6300. So that's 127. Uh, and then say you could go Connor, who is right, the, the problem with Connor is that he's wing eligible only, not center eligible. So you you're moving. Yeah, but you could put him in the you could put him in the util. Oh, true. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like you could put Connor in the util, who's 81, and then you could go Velarde, who is I think I think 3600. 3, yeah, so that's pretty close, right? Right. Right. Like you you could you could make that two v two. I mean, you could always use like Cole Perfetti or Nemestinov or whatever. I mean, they're not the yep. best value. They're not the best values on Winnipeg. But they'll definitely be lower owned comparison comparison to the other guys, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, like like I said, we might get this news. This all might not matter. But if we don't get this news, it's going to be very important dyna- dynamic to this slate um, to, to you know figure out what to do with Kyle Connor. It also comes down to if you if you're if if it's heading into the late games and you have Ehlers in your lineup and you're like significantly down to the cash line. Like I think it'll be owned enough that you probably swap to someone yes. else. Yes. Yes, I agree. I mean, if we if we knew Connor was out, I mean, I wouldn't be put it past in the eighty eight that Ehlers comes in at like thirty five percent owned, forty percent owned, or something like that. Yeah, I would say somewhere between twenty five and thirty five. Right, and even if Connor plays, I think Ehlers ends up being twenty percent owned. Yeah. So we talk about Winnipeg. What what one of the we said that it's a fairly straightforward state. Outside of Winnipeg, I think they're from from a from a, an expensive point of view. I think there's basically two basically two teams on the slate outside of like Winnipeg is like the cheaper value, like the value type of play. I mean, well, we could talk about some other teams that are a little bit of value, but I'm I've been running lineups in lineup HQ with our projections and. It's hard not it's hard not to get one of two teams. We'll talk about Edmonton in a second. So I think that they're a lot more straightforward. Edmonton yep. is Edmonton. Uh but let's talk about let's spend some time on Pittsburgh because yep. they they they're they're they pop. Like Cross of course you got Crosby, you got uh, Gunsel. Like yeah. Great. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big fan of playing O'Connor on the first line. I'd much rather play the power play one guys. With right. uh, Crosby and Gensel, especially since what Rust Rust is out, uh, but one guy I was running through lineups, like <laughs> if I if I if I let myself play one offs, like Pustinen at twenty six hundred playing even strength on line two, and power play one. I mean he's like an eight it, when we have him at like almost a nine point projection at twenty six hundred and. He ends up making like 97% of my lineups if I don't do anything otherwise. I mean, yeah. I would say that why why wouldn't why why wouldn't you just jam him in? I mean, like like Pittsburgh has a high implied goal total. And you could play the thing is that it's not just that he's 2600 and almost nine point projected, is that from a correlation standpoint. He correlates with both line two and the power play on line one. So, like, your combinations that you could play, like, you could play Carlson, you could play Latang, you could play on the defensive side. You could play Crosby, Gensel, Malkin, Smith. You could. There's a lot of, like, three yeah. other guys, two or three other guys that you could pair him with that, like, I start getting him in so many lineups, even with not even as a one-off, just, like, he just pairs together with so many of these guys that project well. Can you Can you – Give give me the bull case and the bear case for Pustinen tonight. Well, I mean, I think you I think you gave the bull case already. It's it's the amount of ways that you can correlate with him. 
the bear case is is going to be most likely just ownership. He's going to be very, very, he's going to pop, you know, in every optimal lineup that we have. So his ownership is going to be through the roof. Um, he's kind of an unknown entity. Um, you know, like he has, he's a, he's a caller. He was recently called up, right? I mean, this, this is the, yeah, this is the reason why he's cheap and he's still in a, because I, I didn't play yesterday and I didn't play over the weekend. So when I saw Pustin and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like why, yeah. like what makes him special? And I thought, oh, like he's some guy that's back from injury for a while and he's just way underpriced. He should be like 5,500. And apparently it's not that. It's just that. Is it? The thing is, the question with the bear case, Tim, because you, you know hockey way more than I do, is that is does he project well primarily, mostly for opportunity? He's in a great opportunity position or... Because he's actually a is a worthwhile player on his own. Because I mean, I saw last game he only played 14 minutes, so it's not like this projection is really like buoyed by like ice time by like oh he's active on the ice. This seems like a much wider range of outcomes where he's so cheap and he's on he's in the one of the best matchups on the slate, playing on the ice with great players that you know what. Does this turn into a you know, you know, you always play guys on like Colorado, like like uh, like Bruin or whatever his name is, Druin. Yeah. Like these yeah. guys that like play with everyone great to play in the power play one line, and then they play like sixteen minutes and do nothing. And do nothing. Yeah, I actually played him last night, and he and he shot the puck once, and that and that was it. So I I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that. I think I think with this case, it's it's about opportunity. But he has never played on this PP1 before. This is his going to be like his, you know, first shot with the big boys on PP1. He's going to be playing in the bumper spot. Um, so it's like, you know, this is a this is an unbelievable opportunity for him. Uh, they're playing against Arizona, who's playing on the second night of back-to-backs uh, after getting beaten pretty badly by Buffalo last night. So this is this is just a great great opportunity for him at at dirt cheap price tag. So yeah, like I mean, but the thing is, this is his first shot at it at you know at this kind of opportunity. So it would not like necessarily shock me if he went out there one time and the coach didn't like what he saw and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Like this is he's played um a little a very little bit with pp2 um and that's and that's it so this is his first run at the first power play unit okay the question here from a construction standpoint is that even if you play pustin and you could pair him like you could pair him with crosby and gunsel you could pair him with malkin and smith like you could do the second the, the line two correlation you could do the line the pp1 correlation you could even mix them both if you wanted to i mean you could play something like boosting in crosby malkin right they're all in power play one of course you're taking two center spots in that process the thing is is that from a price perspective like if you play line one pittsburgh you're probably not play. you can't play edmonton one right because right. of you know the prices on edmonton are high but if yeah. you played line two it see it feels like to me that that the, that the popular constructions based on what I'm looking at right now and on our projections is that if you're playing Edmonton one, the McDavid's, the Drizadles, the Hyman's, you know, that, that, that stuff, you're, you're probably playing Winnipeg in that lineup. You're playing, you're playing like the, and obviously there's value elsewhere also that you could pick up. Uh, but you could play Edmonton one, maybe not Drizadle and McDavid together with line two of Pittsburgh. Like you could play Malkin Smith, Pustin in with a McDavid lineup, but it's very hard to make a McDavid Crosby Gunsel type of like, like you're not, you can't get both line one studs from Pittsburgh and still have like an Edmonton three man. I mean, obviously if you played the third line or something, I'm talking about the people that you actually want to play, which, which are you would be more likely given the choice between the two, they're both, you know, for a 10 game slate, still chalky. But would you rather play Pittsburgh? Would you rather bet on Pittsburgh's top line and then the Winnipeg value? And this is assuming that maybe, maybe in your lineup, 
you're going to have Ehlers or Pustin as a one-up anyway. So like you're you're right. like whatever you plug in, if you're playing Winnipeg, you know, four man, three or four man, you have out Ehlers and everyone else, but you still have Pustin as a one-off in that lineup. And then if you play Pittsburgh's, you know, Crosby, Gunsler, you still have Ehlers in that lineup. Which one would you which type of construction would you prefer? Would you prefer the line two Pittsburgh with Edmonton? Or would you prefer Pittsburgh line one? With Winnipeg and and maybe maybe you're playing like a, a Nugent Hopkins one off maybe on Edmonton or you're just fading Edmonton completely. No, see for me Edmonton's my favorite stack. You know at Edmonton one like McDavid is way too cheap at ninety three hundred at home against Chicago. So he's kind of like my priority play. So I'm I'm going to be focusing primarily on Edmonton one. So that that would be. Like Edmonton one, Pitt two, uh, maybe a you know you know Ehlers one off, a Pionk one off, or like a, a mini like Ehlers Pionk two man or something like that. He's thirty three hundred. He's on the PP two for Winnipeg. He's he's a pretty good play. So I I would I'm prioritizing Edmonton on on this slate. And it seems like the, th- the thing I, about Edmonton, the, the thing about Edmonton versus Pittsburgh is that. And especially Winnipeg, it's like Edmonton's easy. Like you kind of know who. I mean, you you. Yes. There's only a couple of guys that you're really ever playing on Edmonton. So like you take a look at line one: McDavid, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins. It's like they are done. And then all three of them are on power play one anyway. And then you look at line two, and it's like, well, you can play Kane, you can play Drizadel. I mean, you could take a shot on like a Fogelie or whatever. Even though I typically don't play him. And then a defender. I mean, you could always play. Typically, Bouchard is under-owned because people don't want – if they're playing Edmonton, they're playing, you know, the 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 forward positions rather than the defender positions. Although I think, like, someone like Darnell Nurse may have decent ownership today uh, on the, the first defensive pair and in, in the PP2 line. Uh, is, is the odd man out here on – I know you say you, presi- you prioritize McDavid, but, I mean, with Drizadel – at the line two, like people typically don't, I mean, he definitely, he always goes much lower on than McDavid, unless you're playing them both together. But if you play them both together, I mean, you're 9,308 K together and good luck. Good luck. You know, you're going to be punting a defender spot. I mean, you, it's very hard to get anything else in the rest of your lineup, unless you're playing some, you know, heavy underdog, cheap line two stack or something like that. But you say you say that McDavid, at, even at ninety three hundred, he should be like ten thousand on this slate. I think so. Yeah, like I think guys like Matthews and McDavid, if they're like in good matchups at home, should like always be ten thousand. Like if you get these guys in the like the low nines, like that that's just way too cheap. So uh, McDavid is definitely my priority. Um, I probably. I'm, I'm going to have to leave off either Dreisaitl or Hyman. Um, I'm, I might leave off Hyman and just do like a, uh, like a PP1, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins type, type stack. Uh, Nugent Hopkins is way too cheap at 5,200. Um, so, yeah, like th- this, this is definitely my, my favorite team on the night. I'm pretty sure they have the highest implied team total by quite a bit. Um, yeah, they <laughs> They have a four and a half uh, goal uh, implied goal total, which is I think a full goal higher than anybody else on the slate. Almost the full goal higher than the Jets. So yeah. Um, the, the, the thing is, with Edmonton that I'm gonna like, what people yeah. would ask would be, well, they have a full goal high to- higher total than anyone else. They're gonna be chalky. How do you play them differently? And my answer to that mm-hmm. is, I don't think you. Uh, what what differently can you? I mean, like, do you play line three? I mean, like, it just feels like if 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 you're not going to play the main guys, you're just not going right. to play Edmonton. Like it's like I I don't see a I don't see a world where I'm playing even even like a like would you consider like Kane, Fogley, Gagner, you know, like the power play two unit type of thing. It's just no. like to me, it feels like if that line gets there, they've gotten there on like a one goal. Like, yeah, they've scored a goal. 
Way to go. It's like you're not winning a GPP that way. Like if Edmonton comes out and scores five or six goals this game, like it's not like half, at least half of that is coming from line one or PP one that you're going to need it anyway. So like, yeah. if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to play the main Edmonton guys, I'm just not going to play Edmonton. Like, how about this, Tim, in a lineup, I know that you play very low amount of lineups, but let's say you're playing a second. You're not playing Edmonton. You're like, you're not, would you play here? Here's the question that I would ask. Would you play McDavid at 9,300 as a one-off? Yeah, that seems to always be like the million dollar question. Uh, probably not in like a super larger field type tournament, maybe in a small field tournament, I would, but like large, like large field. No, because probably he's bringing somebody else along with him, but like in a small in a small field contest, I, I would. Yeah. Right, because the raw points, because, like, McDavid yeah. could have 30. And, yeah, sure, yeah. Hyman has 22, and Nugent Hopkins has 18, and Drizadel has has 24. But, like, well, McDavid still has the most points, and he may have the most points at the center spot on the entire slate. So as long as you found goals elsewhere in your lineup, like, you maybe you didn't need Hyman. You didn't need Nugent Hopkins, but maybe you needed McDavid because right. he, just, he just has more – it's – it did not, you may not have needed him. It's just that why not take 32 points for 9,300 in the center spot and try to find that elsewhere. Yeah, it's always it's always tough. Like, you know, like, can you one off these big studs? And, you know, sometimes you can and sometimes you can't because sometimes it's just like the random def- uh, defenseman that gets the assist and who cares? And and McDavid goes for 40 and everyone else goes for like eight to 12 and it's like means nothing. So um, it, it, it's tough to say, like I said, the larger the field contest, more likely is I want to get some more uh, correlation with my studs. OK, so we talked about Pittsburgh. We talked about Edmonton. We talked about Winnipeg. That this is these are the chalk. This is the chalk of the chalk of the slate. And, that, and I also want to make the point from playing NHL for the past, you know, six weeks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I download the CSVs. I take a look at some of them. I've run I've run some analysis, projection versus ownership and stuff like that. I, this is my this is purely theoretical, right? I have nothing to base this on. I have not run simulations. A lot. To, I get the sense that the chalk isn't chalky enough in hockey. But some people yes. think the other. They think like like they think oh like since any team can score a bunch of goals that. Like, oh, play the 3% on stack with the 5% on stack on a 10-game slate and hope that your chalk fails. I get the set. I mean, I've played some slates where, you know, Colorado's the chalk and McKinnon is like, in a, in a, and I'm talking about like the $40 contest, like a 500-man contest, and McKinnon's like 17% owned. And it's like, he's he's like, he's like three points clear of any other player in that range. Like, there's no way he should only be 17%. He, sh- he should be, like, 32% owned, and he doesn't come in that high. So, like, you take a look at McDavid on this slate, and you go, well, McDavid's going to be chalk. And it's like, based on our projections, we take a look here. I'm sorting by salary. Matthews is 9,500. Kudrov is 9,400. 
Eichel is, is 8,700. Panarin is 86. I mean, McDavid has a 20-point mean. It's like three and a half points clear <laughs> of like guys that are more expensive than him. And it's like three points, three and a half points clear of Eichel, who's 600, 700 cheaper. But then you get into this like 8K range, and it's like he's like five or six points clear of some of these guys. That once that translates, once you superimpose that range of outcomes and simulate it, like it makes it so that even though it's a 10 game slate with 20 teams, like McDavid may, maybe he should be 35%. Maybe that's what he should, maybe that's what he should be owned. And people right. view 35% in on 10 game hockey slate as like, how do you play anyone? Like, it's like, how do you play Acuna at 6,700 on a baseball slate at 30% owned? And a lot of times the context of the slate dictates that maybe he should be that. Maybe that's not over-owned. That actually may be more efficiently owned than you think. So, like, I'm not opposed. Like, I've been playing. I've been doing well in NHL, and I've been playing a lot of chalk, right? What did I maybe What did I say? To, what did I say to you? I said to you like three weeks ago. I said blunder. I said NHL plays a lot like DFS did three years ago, right? They're not like people don't have ownership efficient on, on, on enough, right? Like right. it's like the same way it used to be. Like in, in and then there are also I find there are some teams that like if I ran three hundred lineups in lineup HQ with any decent settings that I get almost none of, and like these guys are like five or six percent owned, right? And I'm like, like I mean that's not it's not like that's chalk or anything, but like these are guys that. Like I, it would take me three thousand lineups to get them into one of them, so they should be one percent owned, and they end up coming in at five percent, four percent owned. And I go, why was anyone on this? T- like, like how do you how do you get three guys from this team into any lineup without sacrificing like eighteen points in mean projection? And that's and this is what I see. Like I said, large field stuff is different. I'm right. talking about the stuff where it's five hundred entries or less. I mean, I'll play the one twenty one or the $88 contest, but a lot of times has under 100 entries, and the chalk is still like at 28%. Yeah. And then I look at some lineups, and it's like people are playing lineups where their highest-owned player is 9% owned, and I'm like, like, dude, this isn't a large-field contest. Like, why are you sacrificing so much projection in order to get, quote, different, when, like, if I score enough goals in my lineup, even at the ownership, I'm 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 still doing better than you. So, like, I just wanted to point out that that chalk in and of itself, this is for any sport, isn't inherently bad. You can still play over-owned players in your lineups as long as you build the rest of your lineup around it. So what other teams on this slate? So I think outside of Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and Winnipeg, you kind of you, you, the, the world is your oyster, uh, I, I think. But mm-hmm. what, what are some of your the spots that you're looking at that's outside of that zone? Uh, I really like Tampa Bay. Uh, we do have uh, a little bit of an issue. Uh, Victor Hedman might miss, but that would just catapult uh, Mikhail Shurgachev to PP1, and he's 4,600, and he sometimes plays PP1 anyway. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is like uh, just on fire right now, and this is a huge special teams mismatch. Uh, the Lightning have the third best power play in all, all of hockey. And I believe uh, the Canucks have the sixth worst penalty kill in all of hockey. So Tampa Bay is not projecting particularly well, which makes sense. They're on the road. They only have a 3.18 total. But I think if you wanted to get different in the large field GPP, correlate some of these big names from uh, the Lightning and just make sure to pay attention to that Hedman news. I, I, I love them for tournaments. And how would you pair them together? Because I see that Stamkos now is now is on line three, even though he's gonna play on power play one. So that kind of that kind of messes up that like line. A lot of times I would jam in like value line two with Stamkos. Like it seems like their lines are kind of like if you play like obviously if you play Kucherov, you're gonna be playing PP one guys. Like like I can right. I could see playing Kucherov. But, but once you get Kucherov and Point in your lineup, like from a value perspective, I mean, they project much less than like a Crosby-Gunsel combination or a McDavid-Hyman yep. combination. So like I'm if I play Kucherov 
I'd much rather it seems like play like Paul and Sergey, like play the cheaper guys. Yep, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and if Hedman plays, he's only I think fifty eight hundred, so he's not like super expensive either. Right. Um, but these guys, these so, guys are going to be low. I mean, this is going to be a low. Yeah, who's, this is a, this could be a very very low where, where, team. Right. Yeah. Can you say the same for Austin Matthews? Or you would prefer Kucherov to, to, to Toronto? I would I would prefer Kucherov, but I never have any. I never have an issue with people playing uh, Matthews. I mean, uh, they did play last night. Uh, they they uh, lost in overtime, I believe. Um, but yeah, this is not not the best matchup. But you know, I, I certainly can't tell people not to play Austin Matthews. He's one of the best okay, offensive so- players. Yeah. Okay, so these are like study type of these are these are teams that you play when you're not playing Edmonton or Pittsburgh one, right? But we still have to right. talk about like the Winnipeg stuff where these this is like the kind of the value lines. What teams on the slate, if you if you wanted to pair Edmonton, you wanted to pair, you know, you wanted to play Crosby Gunsel, you wanted to play that type of stuff, but maybe you're not you're not you're not gonna eat the the Winnipeg value. What are the kind of the value lines that look good on the slate that's a little bit more off the board? Um, I'm always kind of a fan of like some of the cheap Seattle lines, like mm-hmm. Seattle. Th- I believe it's Seattle three. Uh, they're they're always like a good cheap line. Um, I think that they do get some PP one time also. I'm trying to find them on the sheet right now. But you also mentioned uh, before that Seattle's one of those teams that runs power play one and power play two kind of evenly. Yep. But, but, you know, uh, Seattle three does correlate like Yanni Gord, Tovine and Bjorkstead, two out of those three guys are, are on the, are on the first power play. They come in pretty cheaply. Um, so, uh, they're very, very capable third line. So that, that would be a cheap line for sure. Um, I I'm trying to think what else I would do. I think Chicago can be interesting. Um, you know, Edmonton is a great offensive team, but they're not amazing defensively. So, you know, even that even that Bedard line is kind of cheap, even though Bedard's expensive. But like Kirchhoff and uh, Bavillier uh, are quite cheap. So I think that would be a, a pretty cheap line also. Is there anything in NHL where, like, the, what is the correlation between – opposing teams to each other like is there any i mean i feel like there isn't really much but like you if mean, you were to you play mean like Chicago, game, you mean like you mean like game stacking right right like it like oh well if i'm gonna play chicago i might as well play edmonton with them i feel like that doesn't really matter that much um some sometimes like if i think there's gonna be a lot of like high shot volume from one offensive team I might play a defender from the opposing team to like get the get the block bonus, like Seth, like Seth Jones right now. He's like playing amazing hockey. He's fifty three hundred for Chicago. Uh, he's playing you know like twenty five minutes a night. He might be an interesting one off if you can afford it while you're stacking Edmonton, um, because he's he's great at at shot blocking and producing shots. So. Uh, he might be an interesting one-off if you can if you can afford it. So I'm looking at some other teams on the slate. How about Nashville against Philadelphia? I mean, I'm always a big fan of playing like Phil Forsberg when no one else is going to play him. Like I'm looking for these types. Like, I'm looking for the guys like that aren't like the most expensive, but right. aren't like the like you mentioned Bedard. He's you said expensive. He's 6,700. I. Like that's not right. that expensive, but I'm looking for the right. guys that that include a play. Like you mentioned, Kucherov, but he's 9,400, so that's a di- much different price range. Guys that could get like the five shot bonus and score possibly two goals, and especially when they're on lines where I could pair them with cheaper players. So I'm not saying that I I, I would play uh, Josie with Forsberg, but like Nyquist and O'Reilly or Sissons or like any of these power play one type of guys. I'm looking for the those types of guys that like, dude, like if he shit, like these guys shoot a lot, 
and based on right. the context of the slate and the price and the position may go in, in a smaller field contest may end up going single digit owned and are still priced in a way where I could pair them with other people and still play Connor McDavid or still play Sidney Crosby or still play like some of the chalkier pieces. Am I, am I, am, are how, how big are you on Nashville? On, on Na- uh, I guess I'm not really that high on Nashville. Um, Are there any? Okay, so instead of Nashville, I'm just talking out of my ass right here because I'm just looking at the. Yeah, well, is there a team? Is there a team that's like? Is there a team that fits that quality of, like, like I look at teams like that, like look like Panarin, but I think the Rangers are a little too expensive today, right? I look at those types of players that. Can I find someone like that that could like break the slate, at, single digit ownership? And then have cheap line mates with them. So I mentioned Seattle three. Um, I think that like St. Louis might be okay. Also like Thomas Cairo neighbors. Um, I'm trying to see, find their prices right now on DK. Yeah, neighbors is 4,400. Thomas is 57. Yeah. Cairo 56. That that's that's within yeah. that Winnipeg. That like if you're playing Shifley and and Ehlers. Like that fits. Yeah. And two out of those three guys are on the PP one. So that would fit your, your kind of thinking there. Um, you can, I you think can even Arizona... play, you can even play like Falk or Krug at, yep. you know, 4,300 Krug at, at defender. Yep. Like no blues are interesting. Someone in chat yeah. is mentioning Marshall. What, what about, what about Vegas are, are a fairly big favorite. Also. I yep. think, I think Thompson may end up being like the highest owned goalkeeper on the slate at 83 or one of the choice goalkeepers. I also think that if you're not playing, if you're not playing Pittsburgh, I think Ingram may actually be one of the, like if you want to go for a cheap goalkeeper that may get a lot of saves, oh, he yeah. projects very well for like seven he days. Does. But like someone and mentioned. I was, I was also going to say getting to a couple Arizona skaters might not be a bad idea either. Um, like Nick, Schmaltz I, I could always, cheap. I'm always he's, down for Schmaltz. He's, yeah. He's pretty cheap. He shoots a lot. You know, he's that type of guy that, that fits that mold. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Thompson probably will be one of the highest owned goalies on the slate. Um, but the, Vegas, but the Vegas players aren't, I mean, to me, like I look at like who's playing Eichel, who's playing stone, who's playing Marshall, who's playing, who's playing these guys. Who's, who's, who's playing Vegas today against Calgary. And, that's a good matchup. Yeah, Calgary lost like a really, really bad game uh, last night against Colorado and now have to go to Vegas. Uh, pretty bad schedule spot for them. Yeah, they're, they're, Vegas probably won't be owned. So I, I'm fine with them. Um, they're not my favorite, but like Mark Stone, Marchessault, uh, you know, Marchessault is 6,100. Stone is 5,600. Uh, that's that's pretty cheap for both of those guys. Eichel, Eichel is fully priced. I think that's a little steep for him, but he's he certainly has a ceiling. So I mean, he could get there. Um, but yeah, a couple of these like one-offs, like Zach Whitecloud. He's always a cheap defender that we're we're looking to get to. Um, so yeah, I have some interest in that team, but they're definitely not a primary stat for me. Here, here's a game that I. I, I like the players in this game. I just don't like like this Ottawa Carolina game. These are two teams. Yeah. These are two teams I hate playing. Not because I don't like the teams. It's that like you could play like seven, eight different people on each team because it's like all spread. Like you take a look at Carolina and it's like anytime that you play Jarvis, like NECA scores. And every time you play Bunting, Deravine and scores. Like it's like the lines just. Every no sin on the, the the line four scores. It's they they spend so much like they spread the ice time around so much that even in good matchups, like you're sitting there with Sebastian Aho, going like when is he going to do anything? And it's like the line two is doing all the work. And then Ottawa, I find is like kind of the same thing. It's like when you play Norris, Batherson scores. When you play, but you play Giroud, Stutzel scores, and Tarasenko's like. Like you look at this and you go between line one and line two and power play one. It's like, it feels like, and then you have Sanderson and Chicharin and like, it feels like you feels like Ottawa's could score six goals and 
Like no one has a, a flame emoji because it's like all spread out. Or you played like Giroux and Baderson has three goals, right? And you're sitting there going like, I got the right team. I just didn't have the right person. Like, I feel like, I feel like these are the guys that will definitely go lower on on this slate. Cause I think everyone else is going to feel the same way of like, if you wanted to play these teams, I don't know who to play. Yeah. I mean, on, on bigger slates, I basically never play Carolina because I don't know what line to play. Like I want to play guys in the top six, but they have four capable lines. So it's like, I just usually just ignore them and hope they spread it around. So um, I'm not going to touch them tonight. Uh, they have a three and a half implied uh, goal total, which is pretty strong. Uh, it's the same as Pittsburgh, but I feel way more confident knowing where the goals are going to come from with with uh, Pittsburgh. So um, that's why I'm not playing Carolina. So anything else on that that you want to point out for the slate? Uh. I, I, I'm glad that you brought up uh, playing Ingram at goalie to get some leverage off of some of that chalk uh, Pittsburgh stuff. I think that was a really good, smart thing to say. Um, in terms of other stacks, I think we mentioned everything that uh, I think we should. Okay. Well, people could find all the NHL content if they're a combo premium or NHL premium members. Taylor will have uh, the, the, uh, the slate summary. That's coming out. You see here the slate summary, the expert survey, the stack values. Obviously, the, we also have the pick'em stuff, right? If you could go, you could go to the the, the the props and pick'em package. You know what? You know what I do every day? I go to the I go to the, the the top twenty and I just go bang them out and I go, okay, here you go. Give me all these. And I mean, I also download the projections and I do some more of them. But like the top, if you want to just like stop by in the afternoon and just. Go to the stat level projections and go to. I mean, I mean, it's 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 this easy. It's on a table and it's like, here's the line, here's the edge, here's the book. Go bet it. Now that's all I've been doing. All and just and I'm I'm, I have like an eight percent ROI, like just doing that. Yeah, I've done really well uh, betting uh, with uh, Dane's projections. It's been very good. Right. So go check that out. Uh, we're always in the discord. I'm, I'm in there on occasion, right? I'm, I'm, if I'm playing, I'm hanging out in there every so often, even though like in the beginning, I was like, like, I don't know who these players are. So I had to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. But, uh, I think I've, I think in six weeks, I think, I think if you tuned into this show today, outside of some name pronunciations, you would think that I played the DFS for a pretty long time, right? Yeah, no, you've done, you've done very well. It's been awesome, but I but I need to I I don't care about if I look if I look like I know what I'm talking about. I need to win a hundred thousand dollars tonight in the eight eighty eight. That's what I need. I to know win. I got I got to register in that before it fails. That, did you did you have set do you have satellite entries or are you just no you're, I'm you're, just gonna I'm, I'm I'm just gonna buy in just just one just one entry just gonna oh, buy in okay yeah I have to I have seven entries I have to win right isn't that the thing of like. If you have oh, all the entries, true, yeah. you have to, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you max enter, you you you're auto gonna win. <laughs> I don't even know what the max entry in that is is anyway. Fourteen. I think it's eighteen. I think it's eighteen. 18? It's okay. seventeen or eighteen, I believe. All my entries are are satellite tickets. So. so yeah, I've I'm never I've play. never played a satellite or a queue or anything like that before. Well, they, they overlay all the time. That's the only reason I have them. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you can follow Tim on Twitter at Tasteful Tides. Join the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Hit that like button on your way out the door. Give me the likes. Give me the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. There's not much going on today, right? You got some basketball. We got Saturday, Saturday NFL. There's like there's three games on Saturday now. I didn't even realize that. They'll be talking about that later. We got Grinders Live. We got Crunch Time. We got we got golf and MMA. There's a we got a pay-per-view slate later this week. There's a big NBA slate tomorrow. Like Tim, this is my I have all the satellite tickets for this week. So like I I have an nice. 888 mega whatever NBA thing tomorrow. I I've not played NBA DFS this year. But when oh, really? hockey, I'm not <laughs> so I'm just playing I'm playing the one lineup into the 888 cuz how do you not play these satellites when it's a $91 satellite 
of like like what like ten man nine man and it fills like three out of three out of ten in a hockey contest. Right. Like I got it's it's twenty four seconds before lock and it's only three people in there. Like I'm just jumping mm-hmm. in as long as it's a sport that that I could use roto grinders to make a lineup with. I'm right. gonna play it. And MMA, I got three five fifty five tickets. I haven't been playing much MMA DFS recently. I thought so. I thought you were an MMA regular. No. I've been doing hockey. I've been paying more attention uh, to hockey. Saturday afternoon hockey. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And then I then I then I, I have to spend time with my wife and then there's wrestling at night to watch and whatever. It's right. like especially these MMA cards with these fight nights, they've been having these like eleven I, I like I like 14, 15 fight cards. I like large cards. Mm. So like mm. I just got to, oh, it's only gonna be ten fights. It's like oh, I'm not dealing with seven thousand duplicate lineups type of stuff right. and doing weird stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to play this week. And then it just happens that, oh, here's a 13-fight card. And then two fights get canceled the day before. And it's like, nope, it's an 11-fight card. And I'm like, God, get out of here. Right? But if I have satellite tickets, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play it. So I'll, so this is the week. This is the week for me to take like $10,000 in satellite equity and turn it into actual real money. And... Right. uh and anytime you feel confident about that, you know you're going to brick everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, good luck to you, Blunder. Well, good luck to you. Uh, well, not in the 888. I want you to come in eighth place. Tim, I'm rooting for you to come in eighth place. All right. I'll take eighth. Is that okay? You, will you, will, yeah, you, will right. you take eighth place? I want to take first through seventh. You're going to take eighth place. That would That would be impressive. But especially when I play wacky different lineups, like I'm not like playing the same stuff. Imagine I get right. there with seven different lineups doing seven different stack combinations. <laughs> no, it's okay, going to be a good slate. Yeah. So check that out. Check out all our content. I'll see you tomorrow. We got, we'll have an NFL preview. Cardi's going to be on tomorrow. Oh, we got wow. Cardi on for a week 15 NFL preview. So check that out. And uh, I'll be there. I'll be there for you, like I always am, Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick 'em on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>